The following is a production of Galactic Netcasts. Welcome to this week's Who Knew and Reviews. This is how you get up off your ass and win. I'm talking heaven sent. You must have seen it by now. What have I got to say on it? How do I rate it? Well, this was only the single best episode of Doctor Who that I have ever, ever seen. I, I've i had so many writes and rewrites of the script I loosely used to produce this, simply because there's so much I want to say and there really isn't enough time. I could probably talk about this for its entire episode length of 55 minutes and still not be satisfied. So I will try and condense things and keep myself a little bit calmer. Heaven Sent picks up in the aftermath of last week's episode as the Doctor finds himself transported into a mysterious castle-type place. It's a sort of sinister Hogwarts as walls and things move around. It sort of marries up horror and mystery, finding interesting angle after interesting angle to keep the location an involving one. Not only are we getting the Doctor pretty much on his own in the uh, episode, but we are also getting just one location. So we've got a corridor, a little bit of tech, some cockiness. These are all the hallmarks of something a little scary. Heaven sense an adventure so deliberately dark and obtuse that it's practically begging for a divided reaction, but I don't think it's got one. Everywhere I've looked online, a reaction has been the same, and that is the praise that has been lording over this episode. Peter Capaldi's performance is nothing short of incredible. Quite deliberately, he takes on the same gravitas as Tom Baker, that sort of in his voice almost at times melding into the fourth doctor I think this is deliberate I think I think this is how Peter channels the doctor um, by golly he is the doctor early on he's tough talking he's voicing out the unseen presence that brought him to this puzzle box in the middle of a vast ocean his performance is simply sensational frenzied passionate haunting the co-star of this episode i suppose is the veil the shambling creature the scary nightmare it's very effective a little bit horrific the scenes in which it stalks the doctor its presence heralded by the buzzing of flies is enough to turn your stomach to make you feel queasy it is the stuff of nightmares and it's the stuff of one person's nightmare and that person is the doctor early on this episode it's mad it's a bewildering dash it's shaken and introspective the doctor is trapped in his own personal hell tailored 
to what makes him scared. Stalked by a shadowy, almost unseen menace at times, but with a constant reminder on show that the creature is slowly coming to you. The scary nightmare, the veiled creature, set in place to try and take your confessions from you. The bespoke prison, its whole design is to provoke a confession. I suppose the literal translation of the place where the doctor is, is the truth will quite literally set you free. Some of the things that are revealed, I suppose is the writer, Stephen Moffat, trying to further, further produce his particular brand of the Doctor. And I know some, I know some people, some Whovians out there will be a little bit disappointed that he's trying to, trying to set in stone the, uh, the life and times of the Doctor. But I don't think, as a Whovian myself, I'm too dismayed. We know that time is almost always in a, in a flux around the Doctor. Certain points are fixed, yet certain point, fixed points he's able to interact with. I don't think his life, or the life of a Time Lord for that matter, is any different. The fact that we learn the Doctor left his home planet for reasons other than a thirst for adventure on face value could be a game changer that could shake the foundation of the show to its very roots. I don't think so as much as many people online. I think this is quite acceptable. But it also ties into the series arc of the hybrid. And in the final moments, we do learn a few things. I like this episode a lot. I liked that it was just the Time Lord posturing, strutting, voicing out things. Before, in this series, we've had the Doctor, I suppose, break the fourth wall. In many respects, I suppose this whole episode was him breaking the fourth wall. Him trying to make sense of this massive puzzle. Trying to work out how the structure moved and why it moved. Trying to work out how the slowest creature ever relates to this environment. I liked some of the Doctor's rules and we're introduced to this quite early on after the Doctor's first confession. Or was it the second? It's the second, I think. Because this is where he lets you into his mind space. So he's in danger and straight away in his mind it shows you he enters the TARDIS. It shows you his train of thought. It delivers it perfectly. Now, anyone that watches Sherlock will be familiar with Sherlock's mind palace. And it's no surprise that the writer of Sherlock and the writer of Doctor Who are sometimes 
a little bit shared. However, I think what we saw here was just the power of the genius that is the Doctor. If the Doctor was to meet Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock, then frankly, Sherlock would look... Well, he would look quite, quite dumb. So the rules... The rules are very important. Rule one of dying is don't. And rule two, slow down. Now, I think if you remember those two rules, rule one, don't die. Rule two, slow down. Then you may be able to work out your method of escape yourself. I liked how we saw the method of escape, the calculation goes on in his mind the peak behind the curtain of the Wizard of Oz the episode teased us first it showed all those skulls now I make notes as I watch Doctor Who so I can produce this podcast I say watch, I must have watched the episode seven or eight times probably more, I watched it my lunch break today at work and the first question I wrote down is so is the doctor following the doctor and in a way I guess he was I I don't think we should be too irked by the 3d printer reference but I do like the idea that there's a copy of the doctor in the hard drive of the transporter and I know that this might be this just might be stolen slightly from Star Trek you know, I realise that, you know, this has been done before with Riker. But, uh, I don't, I don't mean we should, I don't think we should be too concerned by that. It's a science fiction trope. The one thing I did think is, with a brain as big as the Doctor's, with an intellect as huge, just how many backup tapes would you need for that? Um... So, if the Doctor is aware that his backup is stored in a transporter, does this mean at any time he can call, he can call upon multiple hymns? You know, because it would be quite good to get the trombone playing. What? No, sorry, no, that's Riker again. My mistake. So, when the Doctor isn't in the TARDIS, he still uses it as his mental storeroom. The lock the door and think method. Do you have a method like that? Hmm. I suppose... I know people have said that when you are near death, things slow down. You're in a car crash. Things slow down and decide to go slowly. I know you're falling from a building onto spikes and somehow you manage to avoid all the spikes, but there's no way you could. I suppose this is what the Doctor was demonstrating in his TARDIS. Except he's got a bit more control over it than we do. He still has his insatiable desire to learn more and uncover answers. And to to a huge degree, that's what the Companion is responsible for. For pushing him onward in this manner. Now... A few of the things that the Doctor tells the Veil creature in the episode is, you know, things that we've learnt. The hybrid is a very dangerous secret and it needs to keep locked. I think that's been made quite clear. His final confession to the shrouded creature was quite a revelation, saying the hybrid is real. 
Now, parts of the episode I can understand were a little bit strange, a little bit weird, but if you can see past the strange and embrace the weird, then you'll end up as captivated as I was, because this is quite a demanding and intelligent writing of science fiction. This is the stuff that the BBC should be commended for. They should be airing this. This should take precedence. Writing of this calibre should take precedence over stupid, frivolous things like other BBC shows, like that one about that thing. You know the one. So, have we been duped? Have we all been duped all along? Because we was first informed that the hybrid is half Dalek, and then that was at the very first. I don't know. I don't think we know the full story. I like the fact that the confessional dial is a... Uh, a sort of torture device, I suppose. It's a personal prison. It's a, it's a Time Lord trap. It's both beautiful and appalling. A pocket dimension you carry yourself in. And you, I suppose, a place you can go there to confront your own nightmares. The cogs, the way it moved, the way it turned, the final square on the home, on the game, is marked home. And finally, I like how we see the Doctor gets it, that you can't always think your way out of a situation. Sometimes you have to use a bit of brute force. But one punch at a time over two billion years. I mean, that's a big, that's a big ask. At times this reminded me a little bits of Fringe. A sort of Kill Bill style though. I mean, after all, that's going to toughen your hand up, isn't it? He must have hands like concretes now. Still, the one thing that we do know when he leaves his bespoke torture chamber is that the Doctor is the hybrid. As much as I love this, I really hope that we do not see any notion of half-humans. I'm sure that was just the Eighth Doctor getting a little bit confused. As for the Daleks, well, they say they would never allow a half-Dalek hybrid. And that's half right. You just have to ask Dalek Sec. So next episode, we've got the Doctor to look forward to on Gallifrey. We have got the last episode in the series. It has got a slightly longer running time. The Doctor looks angry. I think it's time for the Time Lord's adventures to begin next week. I will have my rundown review and then who knows This galactic netbite has been brought to you by imperialsteam.com Why not follow me on Twitter at imperialgnome Email me at imperialgnome at gmail.com Or look me up on Facebook or just ask my galactic netcast friends how to contact me. You have been listening to a production of Galactic Netcasts. 
For more about the show you just listened to, including how to subscribe and give us feedback, plus additional podcasts from the Galactic Network, daily news features, videos, links to our social networks, and more, go to gncasts.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.